everyone. This is Morgan Phelps with Acuity Brands. Thank you for tuning in to the Women in Sustainability and Enterprise podcast, also known as WISE. We created this podcast to elevate the voices and achievements of women within Acuity Brands who are working towards a more sustainable environment and workplace. As Acuity continues their sustainable journey, we want to amplify the stories of the women who helped us get here because it takes us all. Welcome to our journey. I'm your co-host, Simran, alongside my other co-host, Lauren Scott. And today, our guest is Senior Vice President and Chief Financial Officer at Acuity Brands, Karen Holcomb. Karen joined Acuity in 1998 and oversees financial strategy, investor relations, planning analysis, corporate accounting, treasury, and tax strategy and compliance for the company. She also founded Acuity's Women's Network Resource Group that empowers women to embrace diverse viewpoints that ultimately drive business growth and financial results. Karen is a certified public accountant with a BS in accounting from Clemson University and an EMBA from Georgia State University. She's currently a member of the Board of Georgia Chamber of Commerce. And now I'll turn it over to my co-host, Lauren. Thanks, Simran. Well, let's start things off by providing our listeners with a bit of background. Karen, could you walk us through your journey in sustainability thus far, where you started, and where you are today? Yeah, sure, Lauren. You know, my journey with sustainability started when I came to Acuity Brands and our products are the definition of sustainability. We focus on energy efficient usage for our customers. And so our products have always been sustainable. Now, I will say when I started my journey, I didn't realize it was about sustainability. At that time, it was more just, hey, we should do this because it's great to save energy and great to save customers money. But I don't think at that time we were using words like ESG and sustainability and certainly not measuring it uh, broadly within the company. That has evolved over time as we've started to be more purposeful about the things that we're doing and sharing uh, the activities that we do at Acuity. We published our first Earthlight report in 2019 that is our, our displays our focus on environmental, social, and governance issues. We talk about our metrics that are important. We talk about the improvements that we've made. And so really being more intentional has helped evolve me personally on, the, on my journey. And I'd say it continues to evolve you know, this year, I'm part of our ESG council and our DEI council. And both of those has helped me to think more strategically about sustainability. So really strategically and broadly about sustainability. That's great, Karen. Thanks so much. And, you know, also looking on the path of journey, I would love for you to tell our listeners, you know, kind of the first role that you started when you joined the company. Um, and then, you know, kind of how you grew with alongside the company as well in your career and, and the role that you kind of play now as the senior vice president and CFO. Sure. You know, I was the nerd in uh, high school that took accounting and I made it my major in college and I never stopped. I, I just knew that I accounting and finance made sense to me. And so I have been very fortunate to start in public accounting and then eventually made my way to national service industries. And as you know, Acuity Brand spun off from NSI so really, while I've, I've been here, I've focused on holding various roles to really broaden and expand my experience. So I've held a lot of time, uh, spent a lot of time in corporate functions, in external financial reporting, in internal audit, uh, in even investor relations early on. But then I, I really uh, turned a focus towards 
the operation side of the business about 14 years ago when I joined our lighting and controls business at the time and focused on financial support for for their business. And that was really fun. It got me uh, to understand our customer better, our product development process better, innovation, and actually how we manufacture and go to market. So that was really fun. I even ran a product group for a brief period of time and also had responsibility for our human resources team for about a year. So, you know, my philosophy has always been to take advantage of opportunities to learn something new and work with different teams. So get as much broad experience as I can, learn about the customer, and it'll really help me develop into the ultimate goal that I had, which was to be the CFO. I had no idea you were on the product side at one point. That's, that's really awesome. It was the industrial product uh, lighting group. So uh, someone had resigned and we were looking for the right person and they needed a steady hand. So I ran it for several months until we, we found the right person to lead that team. <laughs> wow. Well, it definitely sounds like your role has evolved a ton since joining the organization in 1998. How have you seen the company evolve over that time, especially as it pertains to being a, a good corporate citizen? You know, as I mentioned, our products have always focused on energy efficiency. And really, with the transition to LED, the growth of our lighting controls and building management businesses, it's just a natural fit with being a good corporate citizen. Not only that, but in our operations, we focus on removing waste from our products and our processes and therefore the environment. And we've always had really strong corporate governance in place. So the evolution that I've seen really came with the Earthlight report that I described. That's when we started sharing with others what we were doing. And then we really took things a step further this year when we formed our ESG Council under Neil Ash, our CEO, so that we can be really purposeful and clear about our impact and actions and connect it to our business strategy. Never lose sight that everything we're doing is connected to our business strategy. And I think we've also made enhancements in our DEI strategy under our new human resources officer. I love how you've talked about how, you know, sustainability has been so connected with various facets of the company, like, you know, HR and this new council. I think it's really exciting to see sustainability, not just kind of be in one section of an organization, but really embedded throughout. Um, Karen, I want to ask you, like, do you feel like given your, you know, your role as CFO, like, has there ever been competing pressures between, you know, doing the right thing as an, as an organization and to Lauren's point, like a corporate citizen and then also, you know, the responsibilities that we have to our shareholders? You know, no, I, I really don't. So when you consider what doing the right thing means, it means making the products uh, that serve the cus- save the customer money, providing quality of light and control, delivering building management systems and apps that makes your building smarter and more efficient, having policies in place so that the best people want to work at Acuity, a strong board to provide guidance and oversight. And these are all things that are good for business good for our communities, and then good for our shareholders. In a recent role as part of your progress at Acuity, you've mentioned that you were also responsible for associate engagement. Do you feel that social and environmental considerations are becoming more and more important to our associate base, or has that always been there and maybe it's just a little bit more visible now? Yes, you know, I've been really fortunate in my career to work with companies and individuals who have a true interest in associates and help to foster my development. And I don't think everyone has been as fortunate as I've been to find good mentors and advocates during their career. So even before I had the responsibility for associate engagement, as you mentioned in the introduction, I started our women's network to really help other women find their voice and develop in their career. And then when Diane Mills joined us as our CHRO, 
And finally, uh, I, I did not have to pretend to be an HR person anymore because she's the real deal and really knows how to drive the company strategy through the people. Um, she, you know, he's, she's taken an even more strategic approach. We created the DEI Council this year, of which I'm a part of. We did a survey on DEI to help our strategy, to really develop our strategy. We've expanded our employee resource groups to include magic uh, for minorities and our pride group for the LGBTQ community. And we're really just getting started. So we have a lot more work to do, but we're on the right path. I, I feel like you, you've you kind of partially answered this this next question, given the women's network group. But, um, you know, kind of turning the focus to young women who are at Acuity Brands as employees, um, what advice do you have for, for someone who's kind of looking to start their own sustainability journey, especially for those who, you know, may not feel like they're actually part of sustainability right now? You know, that's, that's a great question. And I think the thing I really love about Acuity is that there's so many opportunities in different ways to get involved. I mean, just look at what the three of you have done with starting this podcast. You know, you're shining the light on Acuity, sustainability, and our associates. And you did it because it was important to you. And I think that's really just amazing. So things like that to just take the initiative, be creative, um, and, and do something different that, that you're passionate about really helps, uh, you know, your career development. Adam Handler, if you haven't met him, he's our director of sustainability. And believe me, I know Adam would love to have people reach out to him and get engaged with helping with our Earthlight efforts. Uh, we do have an ESG council, but there's a lot of work that that council is doing and many hands that need to make that happen. So you can always reach out to Adam if you have a particular passion. And then I encourage you to get involved in our women's network, magic or pride groups. You know, these are opportunities to listen and learn to other points of view and also to engage with each other. And then hopefully soon we'll be able to get a little bit more out in our communities. Thank you very much for addressing how some of our associates can get involved in terms of a sustainability side. I know that with our industry being very much a, a male driven and male dominated industry historically, how would you recommend maybe young women getting involved who don't necessarily see themselves at least yet reflected uh, across the industry? Yeah, I have to chuckle at that question because there are certainly a lot more in women in our industry today than there were when I joined Acuity. Um, so I, I remember going to different events with our agents or whether it was light fair and, and there were very few women in the community. I think that's evolved over time, which is really outstanding. And so I think our responsibility as the women that are here and maybe have been more experienced is really to lift these, you know, the other young women up that maybe don't see them represented in our our broad population. So, you know, call on these younger women to help on projects, work on a team, you know, and even get involved in volunteer efforts together. You know, it's, I really want to make sure that they see their voice is important. They have it a place at Acuity and in our industry. And really your podcast is doing just that. That's, that's really great advice, Karen. And I think that, you know, from an individual standpoint and, and from a corporate level, like there's definitely a lot of ways for employees and organizations, you know, to get involved in sustainability. Um, I kind of want to turn the the conversation to kind of the investment community and, and kind of what you see for the future. We've seen a big rise in sustainable investing, um, both from a corporate level in terms of organizations, just like Acuity, who've made dedicated long-term efforts towards sustainability. And then we've also seen sustainability become a very personal and individual choice with consumers choosing to support brands and companies and, and organizations that have that investment as well. 
Um, how do you, you know, think that that plays into the bigger corporate level financially uh, and specifically like in the investment community? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And, you know, it's a topic of conversation that Charlotte McLaughlin, who's our VP of Investor Relations, and I have with our shareholders uh, quite frequently. So, you know, until recently, many people just approached ESG reporting as more of a marketing effort. But really now what we see is that there are these non-financial climate risks that can affect company valuations. And it's really more about how you assess risks and opportunities and communicate what those are to your investors. If you haven't had a chance, I would encourage people to take a look at Investor Day. And if you don't want to watch the the whole three hours, which I understand, uh, check out the part that is about our um, ESG efforts. It was really important to highlight ESG and Investor Day so that our our shareholders, our our investors, our associates, and our customers understood what we were doing and the actions that we've taken in support of ESG. We've been really clear in our reporting about what we've actually done and communicating our targets. So, for example, we said we were scope one and two carbon neutral in our operations when we were already there. And we set a really bold target of 100 million metric ton reduction of carbon for our put in place products and services. And we were super transparent and shared our calculations for feedbacks from competitors or industry experts. So we really want to make sure that we are communicating things that we're actually doing and that this truly is something that's that's a foundation of our company. You know, what we've also seen is that lenders are starting to offer things like green bonds and other debt instruments that are tied to climate related metrics. So, for example, if you achieve certain bold targets, you can get a more favorable borrowing rate. So eventually it can even impact you financially. And then really the topic that we we get in a lot of discussions about are metrics. Right now, you know, I like to call it an alphabet soup of metrics because it's all these people are rating you on how they view you um, in sustainable terms. So everybody has a different metric. And the SEC, or Securities and Exchange Commission, have actually said that by the end of this calendar year, they are they are going to put in uh, very clear requirements related to climate reporting because they feel like it's a little bit of the wild, wild west right now. And they want people to understand what's important what we need to focus on, and also have more controls around those. It's exciting to hear the financial community get so behind this movement and to to your point to have some serious benchmarks there that we can all use going forward. Uh, In terms of additional resources, and and feel free to keep your CFO lens on this or not, but are there any resources, whether it's a book or a podcast or a publication that you would recommend to our listeners to check out on in their respective journey? You know, what works for me really well is reading short summaries because I find this is a pretty fluid uh, topic and there's lots of things that come out on on it frequently. So I tend to look at different industry sources. So you could, I read E&Y will publish information that's publicly available. So there are auditors and they do a really good job of saying what are the current um trends, what are, what's going on in the environment. I hear things from our banks, so you can use Goldman Sachs or uh, JP Morgan. They provide really good quick summaries that are easily digestible. And so most of these are available publicly on websites. And I, I just find that as frequently as things are changing, I really like to stay current by just reading these short, easily digestible summaries and then digging in where it requires more information. Karen, at putting my my marketing hat on, I, I actually really love the advice of, you know, short, digestible, frequent consumption of information. Cause I think that, you know, sometimes 
especially topics like sustainability or, you know, how it relates to finance. A lot of times people have this notion that it's it's so hard to get caught up and, and learn. But I think what you've said is, is really a great way to just encourage people to start the conversation, like look online and, and find like four or five minute read every day. Um, and then, you know, the sum of many steps is, is really going to get everyone involved mm-hmm. and feel like they're involved in an earlier stage. I kind of want to turn the conversation more towards you as well. And, you know, kind of talking about your leadership style, you mentioned that, you know, you had a goal to become a CFO pretty early in your, in your career. Um, as our listeners are navigating their own corporate ladder and, and their professional development goals, what advice do you have for them, um, especially as it relates to how your own leadership style has evolved over the years? Yeah, you know, my biggest piece of advice is really to just take it, um, take advantage of different opportunities that are presented. It may be in a, uh, an area where you thought, gosh, I'm not really interested in that, but you can't imagine the amount of knowledge that you can gain by trying something new or working with new people and experiencing do, new things. So it's not always a, a vertical move up to a new role. It can sometimes be a horizontal move that'll you know, that'll really uh, help you grow and develop. That would be a, one piece of advice I'd have. The other piece is just to find a couple people that you feel can be really good advocates and mentors for you over your career. Doesn't always have to be the same person because at different times you might need different advice or different perspectives. And so find a couple of people and make sure you have that outside voice to go to, to get really clear um kind of guidance and direction. It might be somebody that works acuity. It might be a friend. It might be somebody that you know in the community. So really just find that network of support. I think that helps. And, you know, in terms of my leadership style evolving over the years, I would say uh, probably a bit earlier in my career, I was super focused on achieving goals and what I needed to do to learn more, to develop, and to grow. And so, I mean, I was, you know, almost maniacally focused about kind of my own career aspirations and my own goals. And what I really want to shift to and have shifted to later on in my career is to help others, you know, develop their potential and realize that they can become whatever it is they aspire to become. So I think I'm shifting and I'm, I'm definitely still working on the shift from being a little uh, bit less and you know direct and try to be a little more patient and nurturing because to me, it's all about now in my career, what I can help others achieve. I can definitely speak to the nurturing side firsthand from, I, I have felt that from every interaction I've had with you, that you've always been very, very welcoming to all associates and definitely felt like they were important when you were speaking to them, even when just starting back at Distech, I remember you visited our office. So thank you for taking that time with all of the associates here. No, I appreciate that. You know, I still have a note that the CEO of NSI gave me over 20 years ago, and it was a McKinsey article about women in the workplace. And he just had a simple handwritten note on it that said, hey, read this article. You know, it won't be easy, but we're all here to help. I still have that note because it just spoke volumes to me about, wow, I've got a support network. I can, I can achieve goals that I set out to achieve and I've got folks there to help me. So, you know, I really want to have that kind of impact on someone that 20 years ago, they'll say, wow, that one little thing that Karen did, you know, made a difference. Well, if you could go back to speak to Karen Holcomb circa 1998, uh, what would you give in terms of advice on her first day? 
Yeah, that's funny. I did have to laugh at this one. So first thing I would say is, you know, don't try and change your style to to look 50 and fit in. Because at that point, you know, I was I was much younger, about half that age. And I, I felt like I had to look different, act different, um, just to fit in and be more mature. And, you know, I, I think the advice I would give people today is you really can fit in and be you in any way that you are. And so be really comfortable in yourself and be really comfortable that you can succeed in that way. And, you know, I think I would also have to remind myself to enjoy the ride and not be so serious all the time. So when I when I look back at the, the things that I've been really fortunate to see at Acuity, um, you know, I saw a spinoff of, of Acuity from NSI. I saw the transition of our technology to LED, a bunch of acquisitions, and I've really been able to work with some great and inspirational and kind people. I think I should have enjoyed those times a little bit more in the moment and not always put pressure on myself to do more and be more. I love the, the the tone of authenticity and just kind of being yourself in in your advice. I think that sometimes, especially when you start off, you know, you're always like, oh, should I be this way or should I be this way? And it's like, just be yourself, you know, like that's, that's really what's going to get you the furthest. So I, I love that advice, Karen. In terms of sustainability and, you know, your personal life and your interests, you know, I think that a common thread we've seen in a lot of our guests so far is that they practice sustainability, not in the role, not only just in the roles that they have here at Acuity, but also in their personal life. So, you know, I would love for you to share with our listeners, you know, some of the ways that sustainability has made its way into into your personal life or into your interests. Yeah, sure. You know, I try and keep it simple and make simple changes. Uh, so if I go to a gym and I I started going to the gym and every day I'd get my cup of water. He'd have these little paper cups of water and I would fill my water up and I'd write my name on my cup with a Sharpie and go about my workout and refill the cup. And I'm like, what am I doing? I'm literally drinking out of a paper cup every day when I have nice insulated reusable cups at my house. So I started taking my water bottle to the gym instead of using their disposable cups. Um, You know, I have uh, two kids, two dogs, two guinea pigs and a cat and a husband. So we've got a lot of stuff going on here. So simplicity is important. And one thing to help make things simple is to donate things you aren't using anymore at home. So I make an effort to really recycle um, and donate to uh, the things that we're not using, whether it's clothes or furniture or just uh, knickknacks around the house, but make sure that I donate things that, that we don't need. We always love to close off our podcast on asking our guest. And just a a line or two, because there are so many different definitions out there, but what does sustainability mean to you? You know, I think Simran used the word that I was going to say is, is it has to be authentic. So when I think about sustainability for me personally, I really look at an authentic approach to this holistically. So it's about how uh, you treat and respond to issues going on with, with the environment. It's about how you address social issues in the community and at work. And it's also about the governance of the company. So I really look at that as holistically uh, sustainability and how that those three things are, are foundational to a company and really tied so closely to your business objectives. They're not separate. They're not something you do because somebody else thinks you need to, but you're really authentic about tying it to the business objectives and the good that it can deliver for uh, the communities that we serve, but then also our shareholders and our associates. Great. Well, thank you so much, Karen, for joining us here today. And thank you for genuinely being a role model for so many associates at Acuity Brands. 
Thank you. This has been so much fun. I appreciate what you all are doing with this podcast. Thank you for supporting this month's Women of the Month here on WISE. We're looking forward to sharing more success and stories with you all here at Acuity Brands. Feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts, and we'll see you all next month.